You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. Welcome back to Thrive. Today's conversation with my new friend Gwen is an absolute breath of fresh air and is no doubt going to be a positive pause in your day. Gwen is a mindfulness teacher and coach, actually finishing up her master's degree in mindfulness after spending two decades in corporate HR studying human behavior and psychology. Today on Thrive, she's helping us all take a deep breath, slow down, and notice the present moment. Gwen takes the woo-woo out of mindfulness and uses science to keep us all on earth, actually more grounded than ever before. In our conversation, she actually walks us through not one, but two mini meditations together so that you can experience a mindful moment before today's episode is through. She also gives practical ways to become more mindful in your busy everyday life, as well as a few tips specifically for mamas listening in on ways to be more mindful parents. Stay tuned through this conversation. Drop it five stars if you like what you're listening to. And now, welcome Gwen. Hi, Erica. It's lovely to be here with you. Thank you for the welcome. Of course. I know that what you do and teach today is going to positively impact so many people. So I am so very stoked to have you here on Thrive. So thank you for coming on and all the way from across the pond too. So this is very exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting to be here. Yay. And of course, I, I, I love talking about mindful living and mindfulness. So I could talk all evening on the topic. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, first, kick us off. Introduce yourself to us. I know congratulations are in order because you are going to be a mom soon, right? Yes, yes. So not long now. Um, expecting our little, well, um, waited for little Bubba in the next couple of weeks so it's all going very very well yes we're very very excited it's our first one um and yeah so by way of introduction um I am Gwen and I am a mindfulness teacher and coach and I actually pivoted my business recently so I was teaching general mindfulness and I think because of my own personal experience of becoming pregnant becoming a first time mom-to-be I really wanted to change and focus and sort of niche down I guess into a community that I was part of myself and that I could share my knowledge and my passion for mindful living so that's what I've done over the last um nine months funnily enough (laughs) and shifting into that so um, I teach mindfulness-based stress reduction I teach mindfulness-based cognitive therapy so eight-week programs online mostly these days of course Um, and I'm really really I'm on a mission to build a community for moms who want to be more conscious more aware more mindful so that I guess we can wake up to the precious moments of our lives that sometimes and very often can pass us by. So that's really what I am passionate about and what I'm hoping to do through my business. Um, I'm studying uh, mindfulness at master's level right now. So 
although my last my final year is on hold as we have the little little fella but um after that I will um have my master's um and it's 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 sort of human behavior has been something I've studied all of my my life so my background prior to be setting up the mindful guide was in corporate HR um, which meant there was a long-running long-standing um, interest in human behavior <laughs> why we do the things we do so I studied psychology I studied positive psychology and now moving into mindfulness I love that I think we can all <laughs> oh I'm sorry go ahead I was just saying a whistle-stop tour of, 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 I guess, arriving here as I am today. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I think we can all relate to at one point or another feeling like we are on life's hamster wheel. And I think we can also all relate to feeling like we want off of the hamster wheel. So talk to us more about mindfulness and what that actually means for people who are like, wait, what, what is that? (laughs) Um, Maybe like what it means and how becoming more mindful can stop us living life on on autopilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that visual of the hamster wheel and I use it myself a lot because that's exactly, I think mindfulness is the opposite to living on autopilot and the it's all about slowing down. So um, it's, it's what it's not about, in my opinion, is it's not about sitting on a cushion all day meditating. I think <laughs> it's more about... A lifestyle choice that you make consciously, I think, um, and you'll know this, Erica, yourself from, you know, your past experiences and your own work. Um, so I think it needs to be a choice and it's a way of sharpening the senses to come into the present moment and to really feel and sense and be present to what's happening, I think, internally and externally around you. Um, John Kabat-Zinn, who you might know, the, the sort of grandfather of bringing mindfulness to the West, he, he, can, he describes it in many ways, but one that resonates with me is he talks about mindful awareness involving a way of being um, in, a, in a wise and purposeful relationship with your experience, both internally and externally. And I think that's a lovely description of being present. Um, And then coming back to what you're saying about shifting from autopilot and how mindfulness can help us do that. Well, I think it instead of your mind racing with thoughts of worry, anxiety, maybe loss, grief, whatever it might be, it interrupts that thought pattern and it can help us train the attention muscles of the mind to direct elsewhere. Um, and maybe we'll talk in a moment as well about the kind of the technical aspects of it, about mindfulness helping you create some space so that instead of running off with your thoughts, you can create that space between the stimulus and your response to respond more skillfully and in ways that might help you better. That's awesome. I love how science, science-based it is as well, because I never knew you could actually get a degree in this at all. This is so cool. But I think you're right. So many people have this misconception that you're just sitting on a pillow meditating and that it's an impossible thing to achieve if you're busy or if you have stresses in your life. But newsflash, we all have stresses in our life. So definitely let's hop into it. I know you have specific poses, practices, et cetera, things that you can actually tangibly walk our friends listening in through right now. So can you walk us through something? 
Yeah, yeah, sure. I'd love to. Um, so the power of the, the mindful pose is something I teach a lot about. And um, the mindful pose, I think, can look and feel differently and it can be done in so many different ways. So, yeah, I'd love to maybe experience that with you and with your listeners now. If you're willing and able, we can maybe we can go through that. Um, and just also to say that a mindful pose you know, we know it can be taken any time of the day or anywhere. So what I'm going to take you through is a three-step breathing space, or it's also called a three-minute breathing space. So that's the small amount of time that it takes to do this. Um, but you can also do a, take a mindful moment at any other point in your day. So whether that's having your morning coffees, you know, using the senses and smelling and coming into that moment, um, when you're doing the washing up, when you're brushing your teeth, when you're in the shower, taking a moment to just stop and to pause disrupts that thought pattern that can sometimes take us into a spiral, into sort of a ruminative process where we get lost often. So this is a way to interrupt that and to come back into the moment. Um, okay, so three step or three minute breathing space. Um, if you can visualize maybe the, the image of an egg timer, so wide at the top, narrowing in at the middle, and then wide again at the end, um, that helps you understand the three stages in this process. And it's nice to visualize that when you do this for yourself. So this is something you can do yourself as well anytime. So we'll, we'll practice together. So if you'd like to firstly just start with feeling your feet on the floor. And this helps you feel a bit grounded in the moment. And if it feels comfortable, if you'd like to close your eyes gently, and maybe you just want to lower your gaze a few feet in front of you. It might feel a bit strange, but we'll go with it. And allowing yourself just these three minutes to pause and to stop what you're doing. So step one of the three-step breathing space is about becoming aware. So we're widening at the top. And the three questions to ask as you begin to come aware is what thoughts are here? And noticing your breath, keep breathing as you do this. The second question is what mood or what feelings are here in this moment? And the third question in the becoming aware step one stage is what body sensations are here for me in this moment? And now moving into the narrowing of our egg timer shape. So we're gathering attention now. we're narrowing our spotlight of attention to the breath. Noticing the breath, breathing in the belly. Following this next in-breath and this next out-breath. And then moving into step three, which is again then expanding awareness back out 
So following your breath as it breathes through the whole body. This next in-breath, nourishing, filling the body and this out-breath releasing the old or any tension that might be here. And then when you're ready, beginning to gently open your eyes if they've been closed and connecting back in to the space around you. Maybe taking any stretches your, your body might need. And so that's a very brief experience of the three steps, simple breathing space that you can do yourself anytime, anywhere, allowing you to come out of the busyness of the mind and drop down into the body. I love that. Thank you. Okay, a question for you that came up in my head as I was doing that with you. What happens in, in, the, in the practice of trying to become more mindful if you find yourself in a moment where you realize you are extraordinarily stressed or anxious, or you're trying to take a pause, but it's not necessarily a great moment, how, what comes next then? If you find yourself and you're like, all right, my thoughts are, I'm very stressed. I'm feeling very tense, very agitated. Mm -hmm. Do you think is the process of breathing through that and pausing physiologically and scientifically enough to create an actual physical shift or is there something else then that you should be doing if you realize wait I'm mindful and like something something's not good <laughs> I love this question yes I mean it comes back to intention and there's um there's a, a model of mindfulness by Shapiro called the IAA model which is about intention attention and attitude um, and I guess to sum it up very simply, there's no right or wrong way or there's no expectation that a mindful moment needs to be pleasant. It can be unpleasant. It can be neutral. It just is what it is. And the more we practice mindfulness meditation or mindful moments, the more we can give ourselves a break, basically, and just let go of these thoughts because they're all thoughts whether they're thoughts of ah oh, I'm feeling calm I'm enjoying this or thoughts of yeah I'm so busy I'm feeling too stressed actually I'm going to stop this and uh, I can hear you know my little one calling in the background and I need to all of that they're all just thoughts whether they are good bad or indifferent so the practice is just simply about noticing what's there and uh, trying to bring this attitude of um presence and just letting go non-judgmentally so this um, attitude of self-care to ourselves you know congratulating ourselves for actually stopping for three minutes because we're so busy and just allowing what's here to be here it's not an easy thing to do and I think it's probably why it's a practice you need to continue and, and do it more than once and, and and keep that practice and that learning going but I feel just being non-judgmental and being your own best cheerleader and just saying okay I notice this, I notice these thoughts. Isn't that interesting? Oh, how is it making me feel? So the questioning of what thoughts are here, thoughts of worry, thoughts of stress. Ah, I need to be doing something else. Interesting. 
Mm. And then, you know, what feelings are here? I'm feeling uh, irritable with myself. I'm feeling I should be somewhere else. And, and then what are the body sensations? Oh, my heart rate's going a bit quicker. The, my blood pressure is rising or my fists are clenched. So the answers and the questions are, are what they're going to be. Um, but really becoming aware is this training of the attention muscle, like going to the gym, you know, working out, working out the attention muscles of the mind, um, regardless of what they're going to be. What's so interesting with that too, is I would, I would guess that more often than not, we aren't all aware of how often we have thoughts towards ourselves that are not objective noticing thoughts, but are very much rooted in judgment of some sort or criticism of ourselves. And we're so used to it that that, that is our autopilot is some sort of judgment on ourselves, not just a, Oh, interesting that I feel this, this physiological symptom of stress. It's something much more critical about why we're stressed or why we should, should be more stressed or should be less stressed or whatever the case might be. So that's, that in and of itself, I feel like might be like a big aha moment for people. Yes. And I get that in my programs as well, where we're doing maybe a longer meditation for 20, 30 minutes. And I'm talking to people afterwards and they'll, they'll share their experience and they're saying, oh, my mind was so busy. It was just too busy and I couldn't meditate. And I said, well, you noticed your mind was busy and that is meditating. Um, and, and it's this idea that mindful living and mindfulness is all sort of positive and good when in fact we have to feel the, the, the toughness and the challenges and the bad don't we so we can then experience the joy and the happiness because if we're going in that one direction we're, we're really missing out on, on the experience um but yeah exactly and this idea of um this this attitude part that we we bring is is really key so our intention maybe to create change in our life to thrive to live better to be our best can be there and checking back in then with that why with that purposeful intention when you're possibly in the ruminative funnel going oh this isn't working you know being kind to ourselves and saying okay but I'm, I'm giving it a go I'm trying this out I know it's a practice and it's the experience that I'm having and being kind to yourself about it can can really help impact mm-hmm. that change and make that transformation happen more easily what do you think is maybe the number one thing to blame for the struggle to get and stay mindful for so many people do you think it's is it technology is it yeah human nature is it just society today like why is this so dang hard for for us to to do and practice I love it I love that question I think it's two things um the first part of that answer I would give is I think it's our reptilian brain we're wired that way right so neuroscience tells us um and, and we'll come back to this idea this this um uh theme of living on autopilot so you know, there's many theories around here, but I think, again, a simplistic summary, in my opinion, is it happens because the, the brain is lazy, isn't it, in some, in some form, and that we learn things. So we learn when we're kids how to eat, we learn how to walk, we learn how to ride a bike, and, and that stays in the brain. So we don't have to relearn these things. We can learn how to drive and we know how to drive. Um, and 
the sort of we don't need to relearn that so the brain holds on to that and therefore it allows us then to slip into autopilot so much of the time because we're not relearning um and it, we miss out on so much of course when we're in that mode of autopilot but that's the way the reptilian brain is is functioning um the second part i think as to the why we're in that mode is yeah absolutely like you say the modern world we live in and that's another reason why i'm focusing on sort of what i'm calling modern mindfulness which in essence is really mindfulness for the modern world we're in the technology the fast pace the competitiveness you know the the choices that we need to make um the accessibility of so much for us now these days um and it's it's a way i think yeah it, it's it's the reason then why we are so competitive why we feel we need to be striving progressing all the time and you know my god should a mom need five minutes peace and rest then you know that that's just not something that society would be happy with so there's an awful lot that we're up against but i think these challenges and these curveballs that are thrown at us are, are how we learn actually and there are opportunities for us to to create that space for ourselves that we do need so i think yes it's a combination of our our brain functioning um, and the world that we're living in this, this mm -hmm. sort of VUCA world this fast-paced volatile world that is changing and it's very very hard to keep up isn't it mm -hmm. all the time oh yeah what do you what have you seen to be the most effective in helping people actually increase their mindfulness in everyday life especially if it's not something that you're already familiar with and practicing regularly. If it's for somebody who's like, all right, never, never tried it before, but I'm open, I'm game. Let's do this. What are some ways that you can easily create that space and intentionally create that margin in your everyday life where it actually works, <laughs> which mm -hmm. might sound horrible or like actually where you can, where it's easier to stick with and actually yeah. practice it the way that you need to regularly practice it for it to become more of a habit yes habits yes creating habits um it's it's realizing what mindfulness is not and i think mindfulness has a bad rap if i'm if, if i can say that where people do think oh it's for yogis or monks and you know we have hours and hours and hours to spend sitting in the cave meditating for, <laughs> for months on end um so i think there's a stigma there that is this fearful for people you know they're a bit afraid or they think it's not for me how could no that's that's something that I could never do so it's kind of breaking that mold and and encouraging people every day people like you and I that we can live mindfully and that it is not inaccessible so I think it's, it's sort of breaking that stigma is the first thing um and then creating bite-sized um, practical and implementable <laughs> techniques that you can do in your everyday that don't take up all your time, your resources, your finances, your energy, because so many other people need an awful lot of that from you. But it does create enough uh, transformation to make it worthwhile. And that's why I think this idea of modern mindfulness and packaging it in a way that is accessible is, is probably a useful tool for people. Um, and doing things like mindful pauses, like um, six minute meditations, which I'm starting to do a series of now on, on, on my um, 
on my IG account and they're proving really beneficial for people, you know, just six minutes in your day. That's all it takes to just pause, breathe, be, and then move on more skillfully. Um, and technology you mentioned as well, that's another thing. Of course, there's lots of different apps that people talk about which are helpful, but I think people need to find their own way with what works for them and building it into their, to their life, which is what I kind of try to help people with building that essence into their day-to-day, -day. especially, you know, working moms as well, particularly um, creating habits and routines that are going to fit is crucial. Mm -hmm. So I know this is forthcoming for you, but I'm sure you're already well-versed in it and very experienced with it. But for the moms listening, hello, this is me. Um, I'm, <laughs> are there, is, are, give us some advice here because like I'm here going, all right. I think one of the things I personally lack the most maybe, or crave the most in more stressful moments with my two and a half year old are these more mindful breaths of air where that's literally sometimes I'm like, man, I just want to breathe for a second here. And is there maybe a recommendation you have there or a mini meditation or something that you've seen moms do with their littles that's helpful what's kind of been like your your introduction as you prepare yourself to be a first-time mom too yeah it's a big question um I've <laughs> What I've seen and, and discussed with, you know, there's in, in the mindful network um, around mindful parenting. There's so many small um, little tricks of the trade that I hear about that I think, oh, I love that. I think that, that's amazing. Um, and, and so there's two parts really that we talk about. One is, is becoming more conscious of your own inner self. So um, perhaps if you, there are times where you might be irritable, um, and sort of become impatient with smallies when you're just exhausted. You've had a long day and you're very busy. And then you might sort of make a snap when you really regret it afterwards and feel, oh gosh, you know, what, that, that was more about me. It wasn't about them. And then you have this process of giving yourself an awful hard time for that and feeling regret and so on. So I think noticing through mindfulness practice, your own inner ego and, and what it is that's there for you. Um, so enhancing that consciousness and awareness, but also then relationship wise, in terms of mindful relationships with your children, you're right. I have, I'm not there yet, but I, you know, I see it with friends and sisters and some of my friends are doing amazing things with their children. So um, they're sort of creating even a language that allows better interaction and more mindful and present um, relationships. So um, uh, there was one that I had, um, I had a guest speaker on a live and she gave a really great example of giving things names and words and giving feelings names and maybe personas and this helping their children to actually feel validated for having that feeling or probably kind of going into a whole another area now around conscious parenting but things like that that um validate the child's feelings and therefore taking away any judgments of good or bad and having to sort of discipline the children um and that's something that I'd like to be exploring more in the future as well as, as yeah, I become a, a parent um, and, and conscious parenting, I think, is very much connected to mindful living. I think the essence of finding that space, finding that language is very, very similar. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I started trying to do that with Liv. She actually learned about frustration through Sesame Street. Thank you, Sesame Street, because they were they were identifying the feeling and talking, oh, you feel frustrated. And I think that that's something that's been at least sort of helpful with my daughter now is naming a feeling and kind of sitting with her in it and not trying really hard to not make it a bad thing or have a positive or negative. It's just, it's like, everybody feels angry. Sometimes everybody feels that sometimes it's just, this is what the feeling is. And we'll work through that. So man, it's a challenge, but it's very interesting and very telling to try to tap into that mindfulness when you're in the moment, especially when you see how it changes their reaction to what's going on. Right. when you have that conversation instead yeah yeah and I can imagine it, it, you know if that experience happens in a public place as well and you've got the added um thought process of oh what might other people be thinking of me as a parent and uh, making judgments that way so yeah I could I could definitely understand that but coming coming to their level and really validating their feeling allowing language to help them describe it I'm sure will help as difficult as it will be, but will help them maybe regulate more as, as they grow a bit older and more familiar with their, with their feelings. Yeah. Oh, the first time maybe she was t- just over two at the time. The first time she came to us and said, I'm feeling frustrated. It was hard to not laugh because you were like, are, are you, this is great. <laughs> great that you're expressing it, but all it was like, darling. Um, but we were like, all right, this is, this is what we're doing. We're feeling frustrated today. Okay. Yeah. Well done. Oh my goodness. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was funny. Um, I would love to hear, I ask all Thrive guests this, but what does thrive mean to you and how do you strive to thrive in your everyday life? Uh, yes. I think it's, it's similar to what we've been saying really I think thriving human flourishing is about having a positive perspective um, and taking a positive outlook on life so seeing the hard times as opportunities to learn um, how do I do this in my own life I, I definitely take a, a growth mindset to things as much as I can and as difficult as it can be in the moment when that learning experience is, is there and that opportunity is there but fine-tuning my awareness to, to notice that it's actually open and it's there for me. Um, and I think this bigger purpose for me, whether it's to my work as the mindful guide and, and sharing the power of mindful living is how I do it. And again, through this experience of lifelong learning and always being open to, to developing. And then the second aspect, I think, is similar to what we've been saying is really for me getting out of my own way. <laughs> so learning how to let go of judgment, whether that's of myself and not give myself a hard time being my own best cheerleader um, or the release of judging others. I, I certainly try to notice when that's happening. And I realize the power of that. And I see that, how that can eat people up when you start to label people good, bad, you judge their behavior and you become quite righteous and, and so on. And I think I've learned that letting that go is a huge freedom, just a huge release and creates so much space then to thrive and to be 
my best self when I'm not caught up in something else that's taking up my energy and my resources and my my thought process so releasing that space really and having this attitude of taking a positive outlook and a growth mindset helps me thrive and, and be the best that I can be I love that well um can we close things out I feel like this would be very fitting given the nature of this conversation with another little meditation practice to kind of kick everybody off on their mind or at least provide a mindful moment right now if this is the only mindful moment that a listener may have for their day um just to kind of get everyone in the a good collective space to go forth and thrive (laughs) for the remainder of the day Yes, lovely. Okay, so let's just come together again and we'll just take more of an upright posture. So maybe raising the shoulders up towards the ears, holding them for a second and allowing them to drop down. Closing the eyes if you've not done so. And then taking a deeper breath in through the nose together, filling up the chest and the lungs and releasing the out breath through the mouth and we'll take another mindful breath in together so breathing in through the nose filling the chest and breathing or sighing the out breath through the mouth so following your breath cycle now As we bring the conversation to a close, allowing these thoughts that are here to be here. Just letting things resonate and land with you. So noticing this next breath coming in through the top of the head, breathing out all the way down through the body and out through the toes. And this next breath in through the toes, all the way up the body and out through the top of your head. So breathing in groundedness and calm and releasing tension. And as you transition into the next moments of your day, perhaps just asking yourself, how would I like to show up for the rest of my day today? What is my intention for myself? And that taking that intention and locking it in your heart and slowly transitioning into your next moments, just gently opening your eyes if they've been closed, taking a breath and coming back into the space you're in. Thank you.
Lovely. Where can everybody find you online to connect with you further? Thanks, Erica. So I am at The Mindful Guide on Instagram mostly. I'm most active. Um, and yes, you can find my six minute mindful meditations in there and lots of other modern mindfulness tips. <laughs> so hopefully, I'd love to see you come and connect and um, join the community. Wait, before you go, make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. Drop five stars on your way out if you like what you just listened to. And come join the party on Instagram at thrive.podcast to stay inspired and thriving all week long. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.